Basement, a podcast where two friends who used to do yoga together in a basement now chat about chaos and wellness. As moms, we understand chaos. As expats, we get what that chaos looks like when you take it overseas. From Manila to San Jose, we share stories of living abroad and explore topics around mental and emotional well-being. This podcast is for expat moms who want to find wellness amidst the chaos of everyday life. Welcome to Brain Basement. We're so glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Brain Basement. Um, This week, Angie and I are here to talk about something that's been on our mind. And it came up a little bit in last week's episode. We're gonna be chatting about making friendships overseas and what it means to build a sense of community and belonging in these places that we don't stay very long and where we're always restarting. And how do we do that? And what does it look like? What are some of the challenges that we run into? So. And before we do that, we'll just take a moment, as we always do, to slow down our day and invite in a little bit of stillness and focus. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, you're able to do this on the go. And I just invite you to bring some awareness to your body and how your body's feeling in this moment tuning into any areas that might be holding some extra tension or stress, maybe your neck or your hands, bringing awareness to the lower part of your body. Maybe there's tension or stress in the hips or the knees or even the feet. And just bringing some awareness to those areas. And taking a minute to see if there's an opportunity to soften those areas or that one area. Softening by taking in a deep breath and Exhaling and thinking about that spot and releasing the tension in that area. Or if it's not possible to ease that tension, just taking a minute to send yourself some appreciation and love for your body and all that it does for you every day. And the way that it holds us through our ups and downs and is really quite resilient amidst all that we have to carry and the stresses that we face every day. And just bringing your attention to your breath and inviting you to lengthen the breath at your own pace taking in a couple of deep inhales and lengthening the exhale. 
And as you do that, bringing your mind back to your body and the chance to express appreciation for things in your day that um, have been both hard and maybe easy or good. And realizing that we can be here for ourselves and grant ourselves these moments of stillness to connect back to our breath and our appreciation for our lives. And returning back to our conversation today about friendship and what that looks like overseas with all the stopping and restarting. Hey, Angie, how's it going? Hi, thanks. Oh, that always feels so good. Um, how's it going? I, I mean, I'm in the middle of friend dating, so that's happening with COVID on top of it, where you don't know if it's offensive to invite someone over to your house or illegal in Kiev where um, <laughs> in Ukraine, we, we have to show our vaccine card to enter places. So it's, but today we got the message that um, virtual school's going back. So there's more free time to make friends and maybe meet new people. But all of the friendship things are happening for me now. <laughs> Friends, I'd like to see more, but haven't figured out how to do that yet. Friends I haven't met yet. I'm sure there's a ton of people um, who I haven't even interacted with yet. So that's where I'm at in my friend journey. How about you? Yeah, I can totally relate. I mean, I've been at this new post here in Mexico for three months. How long have you been in yeah. Kiev? Uh -huh. Three months, oh, three months and two weeks. Yeah. So I feel like I've had plenty of time to move through a few different stages of culture shock being like, you know, you get there and everything's new and you kind of just get by and you're seeing what you can with your family and maybe some neighbors come by to say hello. Um, but now everyone's, you know, kind of tucked away into their routines. The kids are in school, my spouse is working and my shipments have come. So I'm kind of settling into more of like, I think what life will look like for the next few years. And this is coming more to my mind, like, okay, so who are my people here at this <laughs> post because I'm not dealing with my stuff as much anymore. I'm not like going through the motions of like where to find the grocery store. And I think I have more downtime to be like, yeah, who, who are those friends? Who are my go-to friends here in Mexico? Yeah. And, that's, um, that's where I'm at too. It's like more downtime than I've had before. And I noticed that I don't drive very much here and, um, that made me realize that I drove all over the place in Azerbaijan, which actually every person I ever 
talked to in Azerbaijan always said, Angie, you drive everywhere, you drive all the time, which was true, but I just assumed was normal. And now that I'm here actually today for the first time, this thought occurred to me of like, oh, I wonder if this is what other people's life was like in Baku, kind of more time at home because I don't drive anywhere. So I'm having that awareness now because I don't have gymnastics to go to and art lessons and all the things that I was taking my kids back and forth to pretty much daily. Yeah, I know. And it's such a huge deal, like making friends. I, you know, I've, we're both a part of this, um, for listeners that, uh, that they might know what this is. We're both a part of a Facebook group called trailing houses, which if you're in the U S diplomatic community, you know what that is. It's just a group where everyone talks about, right. Their questions and experiences and whatnot. And every once in a while we see these messages come out about people experiencing hardship or grief around not fitting in or not having friends. And, um, you know, a couple of things have passed by lately that of people that are, this is their first post, first overseas post ever. And they've said this common comment, like, I didn't realize how hard it was going to make friends, going to be to make friends. And I think as adults, I I didn't think about that aspect because I think of it more in terms of my kids, like every year they start a new school year, there's going to be that process of like making new friends. Um, But like as an adult, like I need friends too, but if I'm staying in the same place forever, I guess my assumption is that I maintain those friendships that I've always had and they support me. But if I'm moving every two to three years, then it's like, oh yeah. Like I'm kind of doing the same thing my kids are doing and how do I make friends as an adult? And um, one of the posts that we both saw, I just wanted to read it out loud because I felt like it was valuable to this conversation, but a lady came on and left this comment on this Facebook thread page. And she says, that first time at a new post where you realize once again that you are not in anyone's inner circle brought a new small of small wave of grief this morning just thought I would share in case anyone else is there right now and there were like nearly 200 comments of other people that could relate to this and um so you know us and if you're out there and dealing with this you're certainly not alone in being an adult and trying to make friends over and over again Meanwhile, Annalie and I have created a podcast entirely based on maintaining our own friendship and having our own safe space to talk um, and imagining that there's like three to seven other people out there that you guys are in our inner circle talking. It's true. I mean, that little that that realization of oh i have to create a new friend group here and all the options for that you don't have to love every person that you meet and connect with them you know these are people everyone is pretty like has a good heart right like people are nice and kind and um we can assume that about most people that we meet and 
so it's like, do you want to just have a bunch of surface level friends and you go to the parties and you go to the events and you see people that look familiar and catch up with them on, you know, the chit chat, which is not my favorite thing. I think I read right. some article recently that it's no one's favorite thing. No one wants to have these conversations or you can seek out people like Annalie and I found each other who want to have some kind of serious conversation where we're crying and we're honest and we're joking and we're admitting that, you know, we might not have showered in the last three days. So those kinds of <laughs> truthful moments. Um, and you, you get to decide that every time you arrive. Do you want to have find like your people that you really, really connect with? Are you going to meet everybody and then decide which people you think you'll get along with well? Or I've had friendships develop from somebody who I met the first couple of times and I thought I, this person and I aren't going to get along very well. And then we do become good friends. So I think that is another opportunity in moving and constantly being put together with certain people that you might not choose to be with that you can you know realize friendships with different personalities and people in different walks of life so i mean all of those choices are there but it does take some effort to to decide that and go out and be intentional and and find some friends and realize you have to start over in doing that. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And I think sometimes one thing I've noticed in this life that friends come from in the most unlikely ways, like you were saying, like sometimes I have that initial judgment, like, ah, we probably won't get along. Like mm -hmm. based on my first interaction with that person, I think we're not going to, yeah, we just won't have a good groove but then sometimes they become one of my greatest friends and that is one thing I love about this life is that because I don't have as many options I'd say mm -hmm. um I can't be as picky which sounds really snotty <laughs> and like high maintenance but I just mean let me just give an example so when I was living in Ukraine by not as many options, I mean, I think I used to think of a friend as someone that like spoke English, someone that, you know, maybe had kids the same age as me, or was at the same life stage, maybe they lived close to me. And I kind of had this like idea for what a good friend would look like. But then over time, I just realized that's not an option for me right now. Like I actually live in an area of the city where I'm not living by other English speaking people or English is not their first language. And so I'm going to have to get creative here and um, find a way to make some friendships with in other ways. And I didn't live next to people that, you know, were in our um, embassy community. And that was difficult for me because I was pregnant at the time. I didn't have as much energy to make that effort to like drive across the city to my, you know, another person's house. And so we went to the park every day that was like a two minute walk. And 
my kids made friends very easily because they didn't really need to talk. They just like had fun in the sand and on the swings. And I, over time, you know, made these friendships with these other parents, or maybe there was a nanny or a caregiver there where it started with like head nods and, you know, smiles. And then we both did our best to communicate in like my broken Russian and their English. And, and that was, that was friendship to me in Ukraine. And so I guess that's what I mean by not having as many options where if I'm in my home country, you know, the person across the street from me is speaking my native tongue. And so at least have that in common. Um, But this life has, has really, I guess, taught me that I have to get really creative sometimes. And it's actually something that I'm very grateful for because it's allowed me to be friends with people at different life stages that I've really connected with and benefit from because they're not like right where I am, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think that's, that's so true. It's like the unexpected friendships are really a surprise. And for, I mean, the smaller, I don't know if we want to call it like less options available, or I don't more limited, you know, bubble when you arrive, you know, no one when you meet your sponsor, your, your bubble grows by one family, right? Like you're slowly figuring out who's available to be friends with, who your neighbors are, who's at the park. But I think that does create, um, I don't know, so maybe just like some appreciation. If I think about it in terms of the kids at their international school compared to a US high school, the international school has a total of you know 26 kids in the graduating class. So there's not enough ability to separate into like the the athletic crowd and the crowd that's interested in anime and the crowd that's interested in volleyball like there's they all just interact with each other so there's not a there's not a way to like separate into groups and i kind of feel like that happens within the expat communities when we arrive there's not we can't separate too much because we're all in a foreign space. And so we can all connect in that wherever everyone's homeland is. And especially in Azerbaijan, we had that unique situation with so many people there for oil, um, Mm -hmm. having been there a different number of years. And so people who really knew their way around after like 11 years and eight years. and, And it was fun to have such like a varied friend group from all over the world there. And here it's just, I haven't met that many people yet. I'm three, three months, two weeks in, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but definitely cool people. Like I hear there is, um, there are fun things happening and cool people organizing fun, wacky events. So I, you know, I can see my way into that, but I don't feel completely in the inner circle by any means yet. Yeah. Well, and I think COVID, like you said in the beginning, certainly adds a layer of difficulty for Mm -hmm. this topic and making these friendships. And I feel like COVID looks so different from post to post right now. 
yeah that it is worthwhile to just take a minute to acknowledge how difficult and not normal this current situation is so if it is you know someone's first post out there like acknowledge the fact that covid adds this curveball that makes it even more difficult so i think we can give ourselves a little bit of like slack and just like reassurance that we're not alone and hopefully this will you know come to an end and we can kind of go back to being yeah. able to not be so nervous you know and second mm-hmm. guessing ourselves about like you said inviting someone over or setting a social function up without second guessing ourselves about masks and everything and all yeah. the protocol so true that's such a good point i've never i've not experienced anything like that and i have like since we joined state's apartment whatever 20 years ago or we were in the military before so there were more parties, there were more events and parties and access to parties and gatherings than there are in my normal life, like life outside of the foreign service, where I think if you lived in, you know, Northern Virginia, your entire life, I don't think there would be as many parties and events as there are in State Department life with the Marine Ball and you know, holiday gatherings and pool parties at the local pool, those kinds of things. So there's definitely the opportunity is there if you want to meet people. It's just getting through that awkward friend dating stage. And, but I do, I find that I like crave that community. I crave the, I look forward to you and I talking to my, you know, phone calls with good dear friends who know me and understand me as well as the chit chat of meeting people and saying, where are you from? What's your backstory? And the surface level conversations. I need a balance of both. I think it would drive me up a wall if I was only having the basic conversations with people. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say you crave it because I was reading like a little bit more about like the science. Of course, I have to bring the science in (laughs) because it's, you know, like this connection and this sense of belonging, like it feels good, but I love bumping into these, the research that backs it up and says like, well, the reason why it feels good is because it actually has like a physiological impact on our minds and our bodies. And I was reading the, um, that there was this study that MIT put out that says we crave interaction in the same region of our brains where we crave food. And another study through NIH said we experience social exclusion in the same region of our brain where we experience physical pain. So like, it's not just this like fluffy topic of like, oh, I just am so, you know, like I don't have any friends. It's like, well, the reason why it feels so bad is because it hurts, like as if we're getting injured, like physically. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense to me that everything that you, that you said that we, we crave this, even if you're like introvert, extrovert, I feel like this is a human need, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. And like you and I creating those groups or the group that we're talking about creating now, Annalie and I have like a little idea hatching for all three of you listening. 
<laughs> to create more interaction, right? But I, um, when we created that group at the beginning of COVID, that was really your idea, that was your baby, and put that group together, it just felt so nice to have that safe space of sharing, to not feel like I'm going to be judged if I complain about something, you know, or if I'm struggling, just to know that others are also going through facing their own struggles and challenges when we were all really in upheaval and people had been evacuated and had to leave their homes suddenly and resituate their kids. And I mean, people were in hotel rooms and couldn't, you know, trying to keep a three-year-old entertained in a hotel room for possibly three or six weeks, who knew what was happening at that time. So just like the community of it really did feel like as nourishing as food. It's, I'm not surprised by the science behind it. And it makes sense if we go back to our primitive brain and wanting to be part of the group, the acceptance and the gathering, or if you just think, what is the purpose of life at the, you know, in caveman times, just you would want to, how do you interact with other people, right? It's not just you going for a walk by yourself and killing a, I don't know, um, what kind of animals did we <laughs> I want to say a buffalo. I was, thinking, I was gonna say wildebeest, but I don't even really know what that is. So, I mean, but, you know, needing to interact with a group and be part of something, I think it just matters. I don't know if it matters more to me now because of where I'm at in life and, you know, I have time to dedicate to that or if it just matters all the time to have people. Yeah, it's like this tribe, this instinct within us for like you said, like our primitive selves, it's always been around like this idea of having a tribe and contributing to that tribe, like not just being like in a group, but like we actively have a role where we participate and we add value to something outside of ourselves. And um, like, it totally reminds me of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. It's been around forever, you know, like the bottom level, or this whole, it's like that pyramid theory, yeah. right? Where you have to, um, at first well, it's just like safety, right? Like just basic, like food, shelter, yeah. water. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, safety and gathering resources and making sure you have like a job or like employment resources mm -hmm. that support your life. And then the very next one on top of that is belonging, like having a sense of belonging and love and that you're a part of a community that you're contributing to like that's pretty low on the hierarchy you, you know like right after food and like having resources the next thing is like in order to like a hierarchy of needs in order to fill well the whole theory was about um like human motivation is why you know what the idea behind it is to explain um why we're motivated to do things and i just I'm like, of course, that makes sense to me. You know, right. if I feel like I'm belonging somewhere, I am way more motivated to um, get out there and, and contribute to something outside of myself. And I, um, it was think, made me think too, 
how you were talking about the group that we had in COVID and even like our appointments to record podcast episodes, like the value of setting an appointment almost um, to kind of get that friendship going. Mm -hmm. And I think I haven't really thought about this until right now, um, but like the value of doing that when I'm new somewhere, because it holds me accountable to to be there like it's an appointment on my calendar because if otherwise I'm just kind of left to my own devices like oh should I call this person you know like I was thinking about going to this market but I they're probably too busy or she told me that her kid you know has to get picked up from preschool at this time like it brings in that opportunity to like second guess myself out of it but I think when I'm new I'm like okay, I'm going to sign up for that walking group that meets every Tuesday at 8.30, you know, and like force myself out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one role. I'm like formulating this right now. Like one role that, that friends have for me when I move overseas is like, um, I'm like accountable to that appointment and they keep me accountable for like just getting out of my house, which is kind of harder for me to do if I don't have something on the calendar and to look forward to. Yeah. That's so true. I think having that committed, like we will meet at this park at this time. And then, you know, you know, you're going to show up for that or you replied on the WhatsApp group and said, I'll be there. So then you really have to be there. (laughs) And I've done things I hate. Like I've been part of a tennis group right when someone's like we need five people for the tennis coach to give us lessons that I dreaded every single Wednesday morning (laughs) just hoped for rain that it would be canceled it's like there at some point you know I you just I just have to make that decision like I'm going to do this because like point A is not comfortable at all going through the tennis lessons, but at the end of the day, I will have fun. I will have spoken to people. I will have probably made some friends. We will have laughed and, um, you know, they, then I know who they are and they know who I am. And, and it's those kinds of things that get me there. And there's fun things too. I've had knitting groups that I've loved every single person, book clubs. There's other things I've enjoyed. I haven't hated every second of it, but. (laughs) But I think that's such a good point because sometimes there doesn't seem like there's anything on the horizon that sounds appealing. It's kind of like, well, who am I in this new place? And I used to do this and this and this, but some of those things aren't on the table right here, but the fact is like anything, you know, to walk out your front door and get you out there and just having that humor, human interaction, I think is a big deal. Even if tennis is not your thing or, I mean, I can totally relate to that wishing things, you know, my kid threw up and then I can be like, oh, but my kid's sick. I can't come. <laughs> That's the truth of it. But then usually I never regret you know yeah right after when you come home it was fun right you like it wasn't so bad even if it wasn't fun like you're back home but you you talked to people you had some connection and so I think 
yeah, you just have to look at it and go for it. But also just, I like now I feel like I'm in a space where I can be more intentional, where I can really like develop the friendships that do matter to me, that do support me, that I do feel safe and have these discussions. And I can let go of some of those more obligation friendships that I've had in the past or at other posts or especially with kids, right? Like the kids end up playing with someone and then you're kind of going to be connected to the that kid's parent and end up talking to them or, you know, if, if they're a talker, when they drop and pick up their kid and you're dropping off, you're just going to end up interacting with that family more. So those sometimes become friendships that aren't my first choice in friendships that maybe people I enjoy and talk to, but don't feel completely comfortable in being my messy self with. So this might, this could also just be kind of my hang up thing too, of, of like everyone has it more together than I do. <laughs> so I, I feel that a lot when I meet new people. <laughs> I mean, I think it's so common. That's why we're talking about it, right? Like we see these, yeah, chats on this Facebook thread page about it all the time. Um, I know I, like there is, you're bringing up a point that I think is super important and that's, you know, like friendship is so important, but it doesn't mean, I don't know, like I resonate with what you're saying. You're getting to a point in life where it's really valuable to you to have friends that support you in the way that you need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a point in my life where I read something where it said, talking about like not chasing people. And I, I used to be more kind of this like, yes, person where I just kind of take everything and everyone in, you know, and I kind of wanted to be like, everyone's best friend, like, that's the way to do it, you know. But I think now that I'm, you know, have a lot of other things on my plate, like, four kids and just a lot of other things to care for. Um, those friendships that really resonate with me, they really support me. It's very two way back and forth are super meaningful for me. And so this idea of, you know, not necessarily chasing quote unquote, these friendships or these people that maybe seem like I should like quote unquote again be friends with but they might not be the most supportive to me like that's just something to think about I think with this topic as well and to and for me it's important for me to be careful I think with where I invest my energy and time because it is limited and everyone's is um that I'm placing that energy and that time into um, people that help me feel good and care for myself and I can care for them too. It's like a really good synergy there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't always happen. I'm thinking too now of like friend, like vampire friends I've had, or not vampires, but who like, it just, you like talk to them or spend time with them or have coffee and you just feel drained, like exhausted. Like they have sucked the life out of you that you're just like, oh, um, I've had those people in my life and I've had them at times when I'm not even aware of it, where I just like 
mindlessly say, okay, yeah, we can go out next week. I'll meet you for coffee. And I keep showing up and it's exhausting and miserable for me. And someone who, you know, maybe needs to vent, but it just wants to stay in their misery and does not want to, you know, do anything proactive or, or want to listen to me as well and let, let me vent. But those kinds of people who are really wrapped up in their own things. Um, and now I'm just more aware of that. And I noticed that. And I'm thinking too of my friends in the States. Like I have all my high school friends. I'm still friends with not my college friends, but my high school friends. And we don't speak all year. And then when I'm back in June and July, and I every single year for 20 years feel like a rotten person emailing everyone and saying, hey, I'm, I'm here. Does anyone want to hang out? And I love them all, but we just don't talk. We don't have, you know, things to talk about. That's not who I call when I'm in Kiev because they don't know what my life is like overseas. And then I'm thrilled to see them in the summer and they're thrilled to see me and they forgive me and know that's Angie and she just doesn't keep in touch with us. And she only calls us when she's in town. Um, and everyone's like forgiven me that not everyone one friend actually did break up with me after i don't know maybe 10 years of that and said like i've had enough you just show up and you know think that i can drop whatever i'm doing and um sent me an email which i said i'm so sorry about that i never meant to but if you ever want to talk again i'm here but um so I know oh. that doesn't work for everyone. That was yeah. like a friend breakup too. I mean, yeah. yeah, but that that kind of dynamic of considering which friend, how, yeah, what level of friendship are we? And those high school friends are certainly ones that know everything about me, all the, you know, messiest things. And I would certainly like call them up and um, they would answer and, be there to listen at any point and me for them as well but we just don't keep in touch regularly yeah i mean i know what you mean i'm the same and luckily a lot of my friends are the same like they're just as non-committal as me Perfect. from my my childhood because i'm sad about your friend breakup that is but that does happen um but and I think it just ebbs and flows, you know, like I have a sense now, I think for my needs a little bit better. And this year, for whatever reason, those friendships from my youth and my childhood were just like feeling so important to me oh, wow. and that I needed them. And this summer, you know, was able to reconnect with some of these girls from my childhood. And, um, it just felt so nourishing to all of us. And, but, you know, we've gone sometimes five years without really getting together, or not really like, yeah, needing, I guess, to, to get together, but mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it felt super nourishing. And so I think, like we said, friendships in unlikely places, you know, it might not be like you have a best friend at post, but you're able to maintain some of these friendships that support you during a time, you know, a season of life. Yeah, it's true. 
Um, we should probably wrap up. I just want to put one other type of friendship is like, do you ever follow somebody on YouTube or listen to their podcast and you're kind of counting them as your friend? <laughs> like, oh, let's <laughs> So I think I think I do this and I just listen to this YouTube artist who creates these beautiful watercolors who said, you know how you like follow someone and you think that they're your friends, you're just like having a talk with them and it really feels like that. I think that is becoming like another form of friendship of like, oh, I know this person and I relate to this person. Like that sounds, you know, familiar to me. And this was a fun conversation that we had in which you weren't even present and I was just watching your YouTube video. Totally. 100%. And sometimes they don't even know I'm there, but I'm like, we're friends. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, more on creating community coming up for Brain Basement because um, that's, that's where the fun stuff is at. That's where the fun stuff happens. And more that we can do beyond the podcast where I would say things that I don't know if my like sister-in-law or not that anyone knows about this podcast. I love that we're the opposite of creating a podcast of spread the world word. We're just like a secret podcast where it's like only listen if you <laughs> if you are genuinely interested in talking about your feelings and grief and um yeah being silly all right thanks annalee hey, thanks angie next week see you next week so then do i introduce i say hello and then you do breaths sure i mean usually it's the same person but if you want to change it up okay you do it you do it then. okay 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 um, but yeah, I'll just like say the type, the topic, but I won't yeah, say much about it. So, mm -hmm. okay. Okay.